You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Um, I love that song. I actually, it just hit me right before I walked on stage that, that one day I was listening, it was either Spotify or, or Pandora, and I was listening to my Stevie Wonder station, because I love Stevie Wonder, and so Higher Ground came on, and then that song came on. And I, after that song, I was like, wait, maybe I need to be thinking about heaven right now. God is trying to tell me something. Uh, but uh, before, there it is, before I jump into the lesson, I wanted to announce again our, our teen winter retreat, which is coming up in two weeks. Uh, Blueprint. This is a teen-led winter retreat. This involves our coastal LA region, which is uh, it's a, it's made up of five churches in the South Bay, Long Beach, West Side areas, and then our Lighthouse Ministry, which is out in um, let's see, Pomona area, that whole area. So we're going to join together, go to the mountains, have a great time over President's Weekend. So please register on the app or on our website. Uh, Welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. I do have my Broncos shirt on, not a jersey. My dad has my jersey back at home in Colorado, my Rod Smith jersey. You guys remember Rod Smith? Come on, with Ed McCaffrey, Terrell Davis. Those were the days. Well, actually, a couple of years were a couple of years ago were the days too, but not so much this year for the Broncos. Um, I'm not covering up my Broncos logo because I'm ashamed of them, but just so I can get this mic in place. Um, but interestingly enough, the Broncos, you know, they had not, not such a great season. And the, when it started to go downhill was the game that I actually watched live at StubHub Center. And so we went and saw the Chargers and the Broncos, and they got shut out for the first time since like 1992. It was like 392 games that they had scored in. Until that game. <laughs> and it was my first NFL game live in person. So I, I apologize to the Broncos fans because I may have had something to do with our seven game losing streak after that. I won't go into any more games. But <clears throat> welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. If you're an Eagles fan and a Patriots fan, good luck today. And good luck to the spouses and families of those fans as well. Uh, we are in our third week of this series, Living God's Word. And uh, if you haven't been able to uh, be with us, or if you um, just want a refresher, you can go on our app, on our website, and listen to those sermons uh, that Brian did for the last couple weeks. And the sermon that Steve kicked us off with three weeks ago, he introduced these two words, Logos and Rima. And Logos and Rima, they both mean Words. So there are two words that mean word. And logos is, um, is this, uh, it's, it's the all-encompassing inspired word of God. It, it's the collective inspired word of God. And then the rima is the spoken word. And so Brian, Brian referred to it as like a well filled with water, the inspired word of God. And then the bucket going down and getting the water that we need at that time and the spoken word for our specific situations and circumstances of our life. Brian talked about uh, listening two weeks ago. Listening. So living 
God's Word, listening. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is a common scripture that we've had for a few weeks. And uh, he also mentioned active listening requires energy, focus, humility, and patience. Do you get that? Energy, focus, humility, and patience. So maybe if you're having a tough time listening right now, maybe you can focus, uh, maybe drink some coffee and get some energy, have some humility, and uh, be patient. Uh, and then he, he talked about living, living out what we hear. So action is actually what makes faith, faith. And I love the example he shared about the stage, that if, if they came and they built this stage, like the first part of this stage with... Uh, with really sturdy styrofoam, and they said, you know what, it's this new styrofoam we got, but it's totally safe, you can put your weight on it, you're fine. Brian was saying that it's one thing to believe what they're saying, that yeah, no, I believe it will hold my weight, but not actually step onto it. But faith is actually putting your weight into God, onto God, putting your weight onto it, putting your full self out there. Uh, we watched this video on Shema, the word Shema, which is a, it's a, it's a twofold word that means listening and obeying. So if you listen, if you are actually hearing, then there will be a response. It will, it will show in your actions. Um, that's a Bible project video. If you, if you weren't here last week, I suggest you go watch it. It was a great video. And, uh, and we see in the Bible that Several verses that talk about having ears. They have ears, but they don't hear. What that means is they have ears. They're obviously there, but they must not be listening because their actions don't display it. If they were actually listening, it would show in their actions. So, listening, living, and then today we're going to be talking about learning. And I added growing in there as well. Learning and growing. And these, this silhouette is of our three kids, uh, Zeke, Carrie, and Levi. And this is at the park by our house. And I put this picture up because when I think about learning and growing, I think about kids. Man, their development and their learning and growing, it's a daily thing and it's happening quickly. And as they grow and learn, us as parents, man, we're learning and growing as well. Sometimes we're stumbling along and like, oh wow, this is happening really fast. But the kids, they're, they're learning and growing, and uh, we should continue to learn and grow as well. But when we listen and act on what we hear and obey, then we will learn and grow. But it doesn't just happen once. This is a daily act of listening, living, and learning. And today we're going to focus on a passage in Philippians written by the Apostle Paul. Paul's a great example because... Uh, when God came into his life and spoke to him, he responded immediately. And as the trials came in his life, if you know anything about Paul, you know that he experienced a lot of suffering and trials for the sake of the gospel. And he continued to respond by putting his faith in God. And in Philippians 3, we're going to see his mindset as he processes what his life was like before he knew Christ and what his life is now as he is living for Christ. Uh, when, we, when we come into this, this letter to the church in Philippi, Paul's writing this letter from prison. And so obviously, there's some suffering going on, like I mentioned. So Paul's writing this letter uh, from prison 
to his spiritual family in Philippi. So this is where we're starting. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. And if you guys, um, if you guys are taking notes, hopefully you are, you can go in the app if you want to use those notes. I've included all this in the app. Okay, here we go. Again, this is Paul writing from prison to his spiritual family in Philippi. And right before this, he he explains all these reasons that he could boast. He says, if anyone has any reason to boast in their accomplishments, I have more reasons. And you're like, wow, (laughs) that's not very humble. But then this is what he says about all those achievements and accomplishments. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. When we truly listen to God's voice, we will respond by living out His word. And when we do that, we will learn and we will grow. Two points to consider to help us learn and grow throughout our entire life. Press on. Point number one, press on. Paul uses this phrase, press on, twice in this passage of Scripture. And both times he uses it, he follows that, um, <clears throat> he follows that with a reason on why he presses on. Oh, there's a... Uh, Yoda, Yoda quote, you got to throw one of those in there. Do or do not, there is no try. Perseverance. Okay, here we go, let's look at... Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal. This is the reason that Paul says, but I press on. He hasn't arrived yet. I have not achieved my goal yet, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Another reason. Just a repeating of the fact that he has not arrived yet. I don't know it all. I have not accomplished what I want to accomplish. Therefore, he says, verse 14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So why do we keep moving forward? Why do we keep moving forward? Because where we are is not where we want to stay or 
maybe where we should stay. We press on when we haven't arrived at our destination. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Sometimes we lose track of the destination. We lose track of where we're going because of distractions in life. So do you know where you're going? Maybe you've stopped and you're like, I'm not going to keep going forward because I don't even know where I'm going. Where are you going? Do you know? When we drive to Denver, we take an annual, at least an annual trip to Denver each year. That's where my family lives and some of Catherine's family. And we always stop in Vegas. My grandparents live in Vegas. We grab some gas. We take a, uh, a rest. And then we keep going on. We never stay in Vegas. And we don't turn around back to L.A. from Vegas. Why? Because that's not our destination. We press on towards Colorado. Go through the mountains, through the snow, but we press on because that's our destination. Paul understood so clearly that this earth was not his destination. His destination was in heaven. And I love that, that Pat referred to heaven when he, was, uh, when he was talking about kids' kingdom and just the seeds that we plant. He also used the word strive which is the second point we're going to talk about today. So the Holy Spirit has something to say to us today. Verse 7. It says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. This is Paul after so many years of knowing Christ and living for Him and suffering for Him, and yet he says, I want to know Christ. This communicates that, like, I'm not even close. I've scratched the surface of knowing Christ. I just want to know Him more. And know the power of His resurrection. And the participation in His sufferings. Man, if anyone knew about the participation of Jesus' sufferings, it was Paul. And yet he wants to know more. He wants to participate more. Becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Do you have destinations on this earth that are distracting you from the true destination of being with God in heaven? Do you have little destinations, little pit stops along the way that have become your end destination? Being accepted by others, that is not your destination. Getting that raise or that promotion is not your destination. It might seem like it. It might seem, man, if I could only get there, then I will have arrived. But that is not your destination. Teens, becoming a disciple is not your destination. That's the starting point. That is not the destination. That pain and that sickness and that disease that either you have been experiencing or someone close to you has been experiencing, that to come to an end 
and to be healed. That is not the destination. Your destination is not in this life. Your destination is in heaven. But we get lost in this life. There are distractions. There are disappointments, discouragements. There's also achievements and success that fall into that distraction category. We start off with a destination in mind, but then we settle for different destinations along the way. We think, man, this isn't where I pictured myself, but I don't really know what to do. Or I don't really know where to go. Or I didn't picture myself being here, but I'm really glad I'm here and this is pretty comfortable. I like this. If you're feeling lost right now or maybe settled and comfortable, you feel like pressing on is pointless, I want you to consider something. Brian mentioned this last week, uh, spending time in God's Word daily. God's Word is our spiritual map. God's Word is our spiritual GPS. Man, we, we jump on our, on our maps, on our phones, almost wherever we go, even if we know where we're going. We'll still bring maps up and like, what's the fastest route? But do you have your spiritual map open every day? That'll tell you where you should be going. Are we getting in God's Word? That is the most important time of our day, is spending with God. Spending that time with God. We, Brian looked at that, that story of, uh, of Mary and Martha. And Mary was washing Jesus' feet and spending time with Him. And that was the most important thing that anyone in that room could be doing. And Martha was worried about making sure everything was set up and, and ho- being a good host and cleaning. And she's kind of complaining like, look, Mary's over there. She's not doing anything. Tell her to get to work. Jesus said, no, she's doing the most important thing. That's spending time with me. If you're a disciple of Christ, think back to the day you were baptized. I just got a stack of photos from my parents. They're, they're disassembling all their photo albums. I think they uh, put them on the computer and then they sent me the, the hard copies. Uh, but there's a picture of me at my baptism. And it was so cool to see that picture. I meant to actually put it in the slides and I totally forgot. But think back to that day. And on that day when you rose from the waters of baptism, you were justified before God. Your sins were forgiven. And by faith you were made righteous. It was then that you received God's Holy Spirit to live within you and guide you through this life. Think back to that. You have pressed on physically because you're present here, right? We're here. We made it another week. But I want to ask you, have you pressed on spiritually? What's going on in your heart and in your mind? Because we can show up physically, but are we pressing on spiritually? You know, when we start, when we enter those waters of baptism and we make Jesus Lord of our life, we are justified when we start. And as we keep pressing on in, our, in this life, we are sanctified. We are sanctified as we press on. And sanctified, it's this continual cleansing and being made perfect. Being made to be more and more like Jesus. But it requires us to press on. We're justified once. We are sanctified through the rest of our life. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 
says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. I think of going to the gym and working out. If I don't go to the gym, my muscles are going to get smaller. There's going to be atrophy. And then I'm going to, I'm going to lose motivation. I'm like, man, I'm like so far behind. I don't even want to try to go to the gym. Spiritually, we have to keep working out. When we go to the gym and work out, we get bigger. We get, we become a stronger version of ourselves, right? Spiritually, when we press on as disciples, when we become disciples and we press on, we're not becoming a better version of ourselves. We're becoming more like Jesus. We're pressing on to become like Jesus. So as Paul says in, in this passage, press on, because we have not arrived yet. We have not arrived at our destination in heaven. But press on. And one, you know, one of the best things about being in God's kingdom, being in His church, is that we get to press on together. And that's point number two. Strive together. Strive was another word that Pat, uh, that Pat referred to, that Pat said, Strive together. This is a picture at our youth camp with our 7th and 8th, 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th graders. This is our 8th grade track uh, of our, our guys. This is our warrior zone. And they're striving together. That's Andy Steberg on the end there. Um, Chris Is- Islas right there holding on to Andy. And, and then the other guys are just kind of watching. <laughs> they're holding hands, but I don't think they're bearing much weight. Um, but they have to get this ball out from the middle of this circle. And this is the way they did it. They held hands and everyone is holding on to Andy so that he can lean over and grab that ball. Striving together. Andy couldn't have done that by himself. Philippians chapter 1. Paul uses this phrase, striving together twice in this, in this letter to the church in Philippi. These are the only two places in the New Testament that this, that this word appears. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Striving together in one spirit. And then in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, uh, it's, it's different wording, but it's the same word in Greek. I plead with Iodia and I plead with Syndike to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So striving together and contending at my side, there were some women who had some strife going on. They had some tension in their relationship. And Paul is pleading with them to have the same mind in the Lord. And he reminds them, do you remember those days that we contended with each other side by side for the cause of the gospel? He reminds them of, of the time when they were unified. Be unified again. Have the same mind, the same spirit. 
And that word, here's that word in, in Greek. I'm not even going to try to say it because I forget how to say it. Uh, but to strive at the same time with one another. To contend at one side together. To strive together. Life is better live together. Even if you're an introvert, we need relationships, right? And we need each other. Last night, we got to have our first children's ministry night. Yeah, it was awesome. And this is, uh, we, we have our youth ministry night, which is our 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and high school students. I should have just said preteens, junior high, and teens. That would have been easier. And then all of the parents. We have those once a month. But we saw a need. Man, we want to have, uh, we want to have the same kind of uh, family with our, with our younger kids. Zero to fourth grade. That's quite a big gap. And so we had our first children's ministry night last night, and it was a lot of fun. And we want to invite, if you have a child who is zero to fourth grade, or if you have nieces and nephews or friends or neighbors that have that age, uh, that age range, please bring them out. Please come out and join us. It was really, we, we just kind of had this round table, it was a square table, square table discussion, and we had uh, 13 adults and 11 kids there. And the kids, uh, some of our students, our campus and high school students helped us out with that, taking care of the kiddos. But it was just, it was fun. And I looked at that group, I'm like, man, in no time, we're going to be striving together with teenage children. And it, it, was, uh, it was really encouraging to have our first children's ministry night. We're going to do it every other month, so our next one will be in April. And in, the, and in the off months, we were even talking last night, like, let's have some date nights. Let's just get together and hang out at the park. Um, but we really need each other. Why do we need each other? Because defeats and discouragements in life, they're more bearable when we can experience them together. Or they're just more bearable when we have someone to lean on who can empathize with our struggles. Victories are so much sweeter when we get to celebrate them with others. And just a small example, it's, it's really a silly example, but it came to my mind. Uh, guys, for sure, maybe, maybe the, the women in the room, maybe you can relate, but guys, for sure, we like doing trick shots. Whether it's with just a, a rolled up uh, paper towel in the bathroom and the trash can is far away and you try to launch it in there. Um, or you just find a ball on the ground and you just find a target and you try to aim it. Like trick shots. We just love doing them. And so Catherine and I, we were at a team camp planning retreat, planning out our summer camp a couple weeks ago. And we were in our room and I smashed up a water bottle. And I was like, I was like, hey, babe, check this out. And I go like that. And the trash can was like over the sink. I couldn't get it straight in. So I had to go over the top, hit the walls in. And so I did that, and she like looked over, boom, boom, in. And she's like, whoa, nice. And I was like, yeah. And if she, if she, if she hadn't have seen it, I would have been like, oh, man, like, that was so cool. Even though it probably wasn't so cool. But thank you, hon. Thanks for cheering me on. But vic- <laughs> she is. victories are sweeter when we get to celebrate them together. But spiritual victory is more likely. We are likely to uh, succeed 
and have victory spiritually when we are working together than, than if we're working alone. And not necessarily in a spiritual context, although there, there can be spirituality involved in the Super Bowl. I don't know where all their hearts are at. But let's think about the Super Bowl for a second. We have the Eagles and the Patriots. And these teams, they are not in the Super Bowl because they have the two best players in the league. Right? They're fighting for the championship because they strive together and prove to be the best when working together. That's why they're in the championship game. How are your relationships with one another? I'll go back. How are your relationships with one another? Do you have a team around you who is helping you strive and press on and keep your eyes fixed on the true destination? Do you have that, that kind of relationship on a regular basis? How are your relationships? Are they helping you fix your eyes on heaven? You know, when we come together each week, we have the tremendous privilege to have lived another week and to get to see each other again. Right? That's a privilege. I mean, Pat talked about his co-worker who died this morning. When we were having our teen small group at the Huerta's house on Tuesday night, right towards the end, there was uh, there were a bunch of um, emergency vehicles just flying down Sepulveda. We didn't know where they went, but then we realized that they were just at the next intersection, and they had closed the intersection off Anza and Sepulveda, right by that Starbucks. And long story short, uh, a motorcycle got hit there, a, motor, a guy on a motorcycle, and he died that night in the hospital. 58 years old. We are not guaranteed another week. So when we get to be together, this is an honor. This is a privilege. This is a blessing that we get to see each other again. If we don't get to see each other and, and one of us goes, it's an honor and a privilege because we're, we get to be with God and we've reached our destination, right? Either way, it's a blessing. And the blood of Christ is the greatest bond that we can have. Not human DNA, but the blood of Christ, the Holy Spirit, being one in Christ and Spirit. We truly experience this bond of Christ when we actively listen to the Holy Spirit. When we act upon hearing the Spirit's voice and when we learn and grow in the same Spirit. And it's cool because when we come together each week, our testimonies about the cross of Christ and the impact that the cross has had in our life, they continue to expand and grow each week as we live life, as we have new experiences, new opportunities to learn and grow. So our testimonies grow as well. We get to share those with each other. I'm not going to expand on it too much right now, but if you look at the resurrection account of Jesus in Luke 24... You see that two women come to the tomb to see what's going on and they realize that Jesus isn't there. They have left the other disciples and they've gone to kind of see what happened. They dispersed from them. When they saw that, man, Jesus wasn't there, they went back and they gathered with the disciples and they shared what they, they, they had seen, what they learned. And you see several times in this chapter, disciples dispersing learning something, growing in some way, and coming back together and sharing those experiences. That's what we get to do every week. 
We get to disperse into our homes and into our jobs and into our families and into life situations and come back together and gather and share that with each other. That's a building testimony. That's the power of Christ and the cross in our life. I'm reading this book called The Living Gospel for one of my classes. And this, is, this was a quote, and it, just, and it was so profound uh, to me, and it was kind of what I just described. It says, as the stories are traded about Jesus, as the stories are traded and handed on, they gain both depth and breadth from the contributions of other witnesses so that a shared narrative of resurrection faith begins to take form. As a common narrative emerges, the community itself simultaneously takes form. We are growing and shaping and taking form as a spiritual family and community as we, as we come together each week and share what God has taught us, how God has spoken to us, how we responded. And through this, the Holy Spirit has launched a, miss, a missionary church that has broken down walls and crossed boundaries that would have never been crossed and broken down if it weren't for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I mean, you look around us, look around this room right now. We would not be together. We would not be sitting next to the person we're sitting next to. We probably wouldn't be married to the person we're married to if it weren't for Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, and if it weren't for the Holy Spirit leading us through this life. And so, in this community, typically each week, as we reflect on Jesus, we have some time of personal reflection. Uh, When we pass the juice and the bread around and we remember Jesus' blood that was shed for us and His body that was pierced on the cross for us, we, we reflect and like... We think about our week. We pray about uh, just what the cross meant to us that week. Maybe there's some stuff on our chest that we just need to get out and talk to God about. And we're going to do that. But as a community, we have, we've lived life another week. We have some things that we can share with each other. So we're going to take a few minutes to... I have a few questions up that I'm going to post up here that, you, that I want you to talk with the person next to you or the few people next to you. We're going to have some community reflection on our week, on our, on our relationship with Jesus this week, on how we heard and responded to the Spirit this week. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us a few minutes to do that, and then, and then I'm going to uh, pull us back together, and then I want you guys to pray with each other for, for a minute or so, and then I'll close this out in a prayer, and then you guys can have some personal reflection as the trays are passed, okay? So here are some of the questions. What did, uh, what did you hear the Holy Spirit say to you this week? How did you respond to the Spirit's voice? And how did you grow from listening and responding to the Spirit's voice? So just an example, you know, for hearing the Holy Spirit. Maybe you were co- convicted of a sin in your life. You're like, man, I, I just need to, I need to grow in this area. Maybe the Holy Spirit showed you an area you can grow in. Or maybe there was a temptation and you heard the Holy Spirit saying, go the other direction. Don't even dabble with that a little bit. And you responded. Like, let's share these things with each other. Maybe there was someone that the Holy Spirit just put on your heart, your mind at a totally random moment to pray for. How did the Holy Spirit talk to you, speak to you this week? How did you respond and how did you uh, learn and grow from, from those experiences? So let's, 
Uh, if, if you are visiting with us and you're like, I don't know the person next to me and I don't even know if I want to talk to them about this, don't feel obligated to, um, to, to talk about these things. Or if you are sitting next to someone and you're like, I just want to know a little bit more about the cross, then ask them that as well. Uh, but don't feel obligated. We'll take three minutes right now to uh, talk with those next to you. Okay, go ahead. Well, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this time to uh, just to be able to uh, be a family and to share about our weeks and share about the ways that you have been uh, guiding us, uh, the ways that you've been speaking to us. God, how we can, uh, God, we just have the, the great privilege um, to be more like Jesus each week, and we thank you for that. Thank you that we can have this time, uh, even just coming together every Sunday, it's it's really because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for, uh, God, what you did for us when we, uh, when we definitely didn't deserve it. But, God, out of your love, out of your grace, um, God, you put yourself out there for us. And we're so grateful. God, I want to lift up just a couple special prayers for um, Natalie Pavlovsky and uh, just her dad passing away the other night. I pray that you would... Uh, just give them peace in their hearts and minds, God, that you would help them um, in this time as they're grieving uh, and mourning their loss. I pray that, uh, God, you would just come to their, their comfort. Whatever they need, I pray that you would meet those needs, Lord. Um, and I pray that we can just reach out when the time is right um, to not, hopefully not to overwhelm, but to really encourage and just uh, uh, show the Pavlovskis that we're here for them and I also pray for Jim, Jen Dabney's brother, God, as he is, um, as he is in um, poor health as well. I pray that, uh, that he would reach out to you this week. Uh, I pray that, um, that he would put his, his faith uh, and his belief in you, God, that he would, um, you know, as, as we talked about putting our whole weight into you, I pray that he would put his whole weight into you in faith. And God, I pray that you'd be with Jen as she ministers to him. And Lord, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for our family. And we love you, Lord. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.